Hello, welcome to Impersonal Opinion, the podcast where we don't take our opinions personally. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, how to be happy even when there are depressing things in life. And, you know, finding that meaning and purpose, that happiness, whatever it might be for you that helps you go on even when times are tough. Because, you know, often I feel that way just knowing about all the suffering that's going on, particularly in the animal world and particularly how, you know, the poor and starving people all around the world that go through great suffering and realizing that there's so little I can do. And even though I know it's not up to me, basically I still wish there was more I could do somehow. And I don't know, sometimes it just gets to me feeling like I'm not making enough of a difference. All right. You know, this is something that I have struggled with for several decades, and and I have made progress in it. Basically, all right, there, there are several things we have to keep in mind. And sometimes it's not just a matter of keeping them in mind, Chandler. It's a, sometimes we have to repeat these things to ourselves, you know, so that they really sink in. One one thing, you know, and it's related, this is an impersonal opinions podcast, but this is very related to the free will thing. It's that it's not up to us. In other words, like, you know, um, that basically, you know, what the it's not up to the people. You know, there, there's a lot of people doing some evil things in the world. It's not up to them. You know, we may not be helping as much as we would like. It's not up to us. So like you, you alluded to before that, you know, sometimes you may not be doing as much as you could that you have to you have to recognize that, that, you, you know, for things that are like, especially the things that are really out of our control, fundamentally, like, well, in terms of like politics, you know, like, for example, like, I'm very concerned with animal rights, but I know, I know just the people are people don't even care about human rights that, you know, so like, they, Chandler, the other thing is like what I try to get myself to remember and what I repeat to myself over and over is like, you know, it doesn't help either me or them to be upset over things that are really not, you know, under our control in any great way. How, how does that sound? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's interesting because, you know, it's not that I feel responsible for these things because I know I'm not. And I know I'm not the I I'm not even approximate cause of, of this stuff, you know what I mean? But I guess it's just knowing that if I had if I had more money, if I had more time, if I had more social intelligence, I somehow think, you know, that I would be able to do more. But I understand that that's not that, you know, it's not like I can make those things happen. Exactly. And that's very important. That's a very important to realize. In other words, like Yes, if, if, if we had like a lot of money, if we had a lot of influence, if we had all these things, sure, we would be able to do so much more, but we don't. And it's very, very important to us, you know, to not blame ourselves or holding ourselves responsible for not having these things that, that, that aren't up to us to have. I think what I'm looking for now is I'm just looking for, well... What is my life about, you know, in light of, you know, what can I do for, you know, um, our friend Jamie, who's kind of upset about some things and about my girlfriend and, and certain things like that when there's people that I want to help people with um, their struggles. 
And one of the things that my mom has told me before is that sometimes just talking with her about stuff somehow helps her. And I've never understood that. Oh, yeah. Um, now, let me, let me see if I understand you clearly. What, what don't you understand about that specifically? Well, like, for example, when my mom tells me, um, you know, how upset she is about the financial situation or about, you know, the fact that she can't, she, that physically she doesn't have the energy to do the housework and, you know, and all this stuff, things that I can't always do something about it. You know, so once in a while I can, you know, she asks me to vacuum the floor or wash the dishes and I can do stuff like that. And those things I'm good with, that I get. But when I just sit and talk with her about this stuff and then she says she feels better after talking to me, I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I just talked to her. <laughs> yeah, well, that, there are a couple of things happen when you do that. One is like, that she feels your concern for her. You know, whenever we're going through whatever it is, if we know somebody cares about us, that kind of lightens the load. That kind of like, you know, you know, other people's empathy, you know, really does help us. And the other part, I think, is like, basically, when we talk to somebody about our problems, it's not only that they're hearing it, but we're hearing ourselves also. So your mom is hearing herself kind of like talk about these things. And my guess, because it happens with me, I think it happens with people in general, is as we hear ourselves describe what's going on, I think very often, you know, we come to the realization, oh, it's really not that bad, or, or, or oh, I guess I am really managing it, you know, or, or you know, oh, you know, it, it really can get better. So, so, so I think it's both components. It's like your, you know, um, her kind of like knowing that you care and her basically hearing herself, you know, talk about these things. And that that just like gets her to understand them better. It gets her to kind of like, you know, put them in perspective. And I guess it's interesting. I don't know exactly what it is about that. But for some reason, I'm unable to understand why that helps. I mean, well, I'm just like, for example, um, like you, like you said, that lets her know that I care about what she's going through. And yet I feel like caring isn't good enough. I don't know what that, what that's about. Yeah. Well, you want to know something in terms of like not knowing why it helps the medical profession generally doesn't either, you know, fundamentally, you know, a lot of most people outside of the general profession, you know, they really don't know either that, you know. People, you know, people rarely investigate, you know, why things are the way they are, why, you know, talking helps and stuff like that. But just the fact that everybody, pretty much everybody, you know, is helped by it is, is just like evidence enough that it really does work. So, you know, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's really so necessary for us to know the, the absolute workings of it. You know, if, if we're helped by it, if other people are helped by it, you know, that, 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 that would be good enough. Yeah, I I, th I think that's true, and yet at the same time, it's definitely worth exploring the reasons why that helps so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, you know, I mean, we can explore it. For example, like, another um, reason that comes to mind is as we're talking about our problems, about our issues, potential answers arise, you know, like, 
like we, we're, we're worried about something, then we, we start talking to somebody about it, and then we think, oh, wait a minute, I didn't think of this. Maybe I could, maybe this would help, or maybe that would help. So that's another, it's like, it's why, for example, in businesses, they have brainstorming sessions. You know, they get together, they, they're working on something, they have no idea what the solution is, but they know that if they talk about it, it'll generate ideas. Well, yeah. I mean, after all, that's what we do in our podcasts a lot. We talk about things, and at the beginning, we have no idea what we're going to come up with. But that's just what happens when a bunch of people are talking about an issue. It just, it just seems like ideas come together in a group that ne that those people just um, meditating by themselves would never think of. Exactly. And then I guess there's the other. Um, there's it's about like like we have these negative emotions, these these painful emotions, like frustration, upsetness, fear. And what happens is like, as we express them, we're kind of in a sense, letting them out, you know, we're kind of getting in touch with them. And you know, like, so as we get in touch with these emotions that like, you know, because when we talk about them, they're being expressed more clearly than if we were silent about them. And so like, so that it gets us in touch with our emotions. And as we get in touch with our emotions, again, that that helps us to kind of like to come to terms with them, to recognize, oh, well, maybe they're not so bad. Yeah. The, and, and even though, like I say, I don't understand this at the same time, I notice that I've done the same thing because, you know, when I'll go into Facebook groups and rant about stuff that bugs me. You know, and other people are doing that and everybody's liking and commenting and like, yeah, I've experienced the same thing. L like, you know, about a whole bunch of ex-Christians explaining how scared they were, thinking they were going to hell because they had been taught that in church all their life, you know. And I, get, I guess there's some kind of emotional support that gives us to know that other people have been through that and they understand. Yeah, and especially sometimes... Sometimes if we're lucky, you're right, we'll, we'll present a problem to someone who has gone through it, and not only will we get a listening ear, we'll get really, really good advice, things that we hadn't um, thought about before. Yeah, because sometimes you're in a place in your life in a situation where somebody's been there before, and they can tell you what they did. Right, all right, so another thing that I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, why we do this, why this helps, um, you know, from our free will thing, we know we're hardwired to do what we consider is right. We like to do good. It makes us feel good to do good. Okay, so like, so yes, yeah, so what happens is like, so we have this, um, this desire to do good. And so like when you're posting these, um, these posts about things that are wrong with the world that, that, that you recognize as wrong, but other people don't recognize it as clearly, you don't care um, as much as they should or could about it, then again, that's, that's helping you feel like a good person, you know, doing something good and helping the world, helping other people. Yeah. And I mean, I think, yeah, there is, there is a good feeling about it in some way, because I mean, even though it doesn't magically transform the whole world, um, we can give examples in our lives about how, you know, there was something somebody said, whether it was in our, our, our real life uh, offline or whether it was online, some video we watched or some post somebody wrote that 
really changed the course of our lives, you know, that made us think about something. Exactly, exactly. And this is, you know, this is like, you know, and this can happen online, this can happen um, person to person, you know, in person. So, you know, that's, that's another reason why we, we kind of share not just our problems, but our solutions. But, our, but let's get our back, you know, let's focus more on, on you know, this, this happiness. Sometimes with the problems in the world, um, it's difficult to, to maintain our happiness amidst them, right? Yeah. So, so what, what other answers can you come up with to that that, that, that can help you kind of like, you know, maintain your happiness regardless of how, much, how imperfect this world is? Yeah, well, that's what I'm working on right now, thinking about this, because this is, this is something I want to have an answer to. I mean, not just for myself, but also when we get those people who say, well, if we don't have free will, then what's the meaning of life? Why get out of bed in the morning, you know? <laughs> There's those people. Um, and so clearly our happiness can't come from being in control. Um, it can't it it can't come from you know these things that we usually think of about how much money we make or how attractive we are or anything like that because we understand these aren't up to us. So there must be something, some happiness that we find automatically through experiences. Perhaps some of those experiences are more more pleasant than others. And through examining our our favorite moments from the past, we find out what we really like and what matters most to us. Right. I mean, like we all we all are aware of problems in the world. You know, at least most of us, and we're aware of our own problems. Like the world is not perfect. Our our personal lives aren't perfect. You know, and that's something that that everyone you know, regardless of how lucky you know they or not they may be. I think we all. We all deal with that now. So, like, imagine, let's say you, you have two paintings on the wall, and and one painting really makes you feel good when you look at it, okay? And the other painting, when you look at it, it's like some you know tragedy. It makes you feel sad or upset or something, right? So, but you have kind of like it's not your choice because we don't have free will, of course. But you have you know you have the quote unquote choice of focusing on one painting or focusing on the other. So especially, especially, you know, when we consider that so much of what, you know, happens in our lives and in the world is really not in our direct control or in our immediate control or in our control to any major extent, then it just, it doesn't make sense to focus on the negative while we could kind of like be focused on this painting, you know, that, that really, really makes us feel good. So we focus like, for example, like, you know, there's so many things that are going right in our lives. There's so many things that are going right in the world. And as we focus on that, you know, yes, that, that's not going to make the, the negative stuff go away, but it'll allow us to maintain our happiness while we're working on it, while we're waiting for it to improve. Yeah. Um, so basically you're saying like, we think about the things that we enjoy in our lives, the things that make us happy, and focus on the positive instead of the negative. Yeah, and you want to know something, because I've, I've been working on an experiment on happiness for about 10 months now, 
And sometimes, like, my approach is even more direct. My approach is like, I'll sit in a chair, I will smile, because smiling is very powerful. It, you know, it really evokes that feeling of happiness very, you know, quickly and easily. And I will feel happy about, not about anything at all. I, I'll feel happy just because it feels good to feel happy. You know, so, so, um, so, you know, sure, we can be happy about a lot of things, and that's wise. But it's also, you know, good to be happy just because it feels good for no other reason. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I remember in one of our, our other impersonal opinions, you talked about how you can focus on the feeling of happiness directly, and I and to me that still sounds like a far out there idea. <laughs> All right, well, let's explore it a bit more. Um, let's say you're, let's say you you start thinking about Jessica, and and. Um, so, you, you, you know, that's evoking good feelings. You know, you like being with her. You're, you're remembering times you were together, you know, good things that you really like about her, right? And that's, that's bringing up good feelings in you, right? That's bringing up happy feelings. That's right. Right. So then what you do, that what you do is like you kind of like distinguish between the thoughts of Jessica that are making you feel that way and the feeling, Right. You know, the thoughts and the feeling. And then you can, you can do this about Jessica. You could do this also, let's say, about, you know, um, memories in the past or hopes about the future. But the key is, like, once, once you've got the feeling, I mean, there's, not, there's absolutely nothing wrong about, you know, feeling good about, you know, Jessica or these things and all. But if, to experiment with just, like, feeling happy just to feel happy, once you have evoked the happiness feeling, then you kind of like separate it from what caused it, right? From, from what brought it about. And just, I mean, happiness is a feeling that we feel in our bodies. Like when we smile, we feel it in our face, in our chest. You know, it's a, it's a sensory emotion. Um, it takes practice, but, but that's, that's basically the, um, the procedure. You just start from something that makes us happy. Then once we've evoked the feeling, gently separate from what made us happy to focusing on that feeling of happiness. Yeah, I haven't quite learned how to do that yet because it's true that, you know, when I'm thinking of Jessica or when I'm listening to a song like Shine Like Rainbows or something like that, it evokes a certain feeling in me. But what happens is as soon as the thoughts and then that feeling seems to vanish. Right, well then, in, in that case, because yes, I, I remember when I first started working with this, I needed much more so to, to keep focused on the thoughts. And if that's what you need, then fine. So like you go from thought to thought or stay with the same thought, that's okay. You know, but you know, eventually, gradually, I think you might, you might discover that you get better and better at shifting to the emotion. But you know, again, I have to say, that's not absolutely necessary. You could, you could stay with the things that, that make you happy and just be happy about them. But Chandler, I think that the important thing here is that it's wise for us to get better and better at catching ourselves when we're feeling upset about the world or about people's problems or our problems and, and reminding ourselves, wait a minute, this is not helping me, this is not helping the world, you know, it doesn't feel good. You know, so as soon as we catch ourselves, let me think about something pleasant. Let me think about something that makes me feel good. Yeah. 
so that's the thing about it is it's sort of um i think what it really comes to is paying attention to what first you know what thoughts triggered the feeling but then trying to maintain that feeling perhaps even after the thought is gone absolutely absolutely because you'll discover have you ever like um you've had you've had like for example like some great days right you wake up feeling great you go out through out the day and you have no idea what it's about right you just feel great yeah and that's that's kind of what we're talking about it's an example of how like you know we're just focused on the feeling there isn't anything at all that's making us feel good we're just in a great mood so that that that's an example of just like we're focused on that feeling and so it is possible in that way yes yeah it, it's it's interesting and sometimes you know when I'm feeling happiest is when you know I'm out riding my bike or something um, there's I guess there's something about the fresh air and just being out in the in good weather that just makes me happy and it's hard to really explain that because you know all the environmental factors that are affecting us are way too fast for us to perfectly comprehend it. It's sort of like the weather. We don't know all the things that went into making it what it is. You're right. And I think like going outside, because it's not just riding a bike, you know, I'll go out and I'll walk into town and all. And it's a couple of things. First, like the fresh air. The fresh air is great for making us feel good. But then, you know, like you understand that our minds love stimulation. Our, our, our minds love novelty. So we get outside, you get on your bike, and you're, you're traveling at you know, 10, 15, whatever, you know, and you're, you're, you're seeing a lot more, and, and life becomes much more lively. So yeah, it, it's really about stimulating our senses, and, you know, um, and, and the bicycle makes your body you know, move, with, with the body likes to, to move you know, to feel good and all, so absolutely. And we don't have to understand like, you know, these kinds of things in great detail to understand that, the, you know, they're really, you know, simple to do, and they really do work. Well, you know, this stimulation, I think, is a key thing because what is it when people, you know, people who are addicted to, you know, say the cigarettes or alcohol or sex or whatever, some of these things that we consider addictions that can be harmful, what are they doing? They're stimulating themselves in some way. They keep repeating a behavior because there's something they get out of it. Right. And so he's so like, all right, that's, you know, unfortunately for some with some substances that just turns out to be unhealthy in the long run. You know, you become psychologically addicted or physically addicted or can be harmful to the body, whatever. But, you know, we know from our experience that many, many, you know, completely healthy things in life will do the same thing. And Chandler, for example, let's say like so like, yeah. Let's say you, um, you're not feeling as good as you want to feel. You want to feel happier. So like if it's, if it's a nice day out and it's, you know, during the day, then you go on your bike and ride somewhere. If that, that's not possible, let's say it's raining or let's say it's the evening or whatever, you're too tired or something, you know, what, what people don't understand is that like happiness is something that we can work on like going to the gym. So let's, let's say like, so, you know, you decide I want to feel happier, right? And so go to a pad of paper, right? And this isn't anything you have to keep. You might want to keep it as a record. But just 
Start writing down things that you're happy about, that you're grateful for, that make you feel happy. You know, it doesn't have to be structured or organized in any way. Just let the uh, feelings flow. And I guarantee you within five minutes, you're going to be feeling a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, it's something that we don't really do enough. Um, but here's an interesting thing um, that some people do around Thanksgiving, which is a weird holiday for several reasons. Um, but like um, I remember years ago when I was a kid at, at this church, um, we were supposed to write down a list of things we were thankful for. <laughs> and what I did was I wrote down almost every body part, <laughs> eyes, ears, nose, arms, legs, um, you, know, uh, you know, hands, uh, feet, you know, I, I, I named oh, just about everything. And most people don't think to do that, right? But I had the longest list of anybody there. <laughs> Well, that's smart. You're right. And these things that we ordinarily take for granted, but when we stop ourselves and notice them, yeah, it, it feels good to have the, you know, our arms and our hands and our eyes and all. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's something you don't think about because sure, people after you know, if they have a tragic accident and they and they lose one of their body parts like that, well, then they're very upset about it. But think about it. What if there was a way to be as happy about having the, the, those parts as, as that matched the sadness that people feel when they lose those parts? Absolutely. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Michael. Hey, Mike Walsh. Um, that glad you joined us. We're in, the, we're in the middle of an impersonal uh, opinion podcast, and we can kind of fill you in on what we've been talking about so far. Chandler, actually, like since Michael's here, basically, yeah, Michael, we're talking about happiness, and we've got about three, um, three more minutes till we hit the 30-minute mark. How about if we, you know, end this podcast and then go into a free will one? Does that sure. sound good? Or sure. Okay. So perhaps we should figure out how to sum up what we've said, George, in this episode. All right. So, so yeah. So basically, you know, happiness. You know, many people don't realize is a skill you know in other words like part of the skill is to be grateful for what we have to focus on what we have another part of the skill is to get better and better at noticing when we're not feeling as good as we want to and then shifting gears if we're, if we're worried about the world the imperfections in the world then you know, shift our, our mind to something more positive. If we're, if we're thinking about problems in our personal life that we can't do anything about, because much of what we think about, you know, is we're, we're not really powerless to change. You know, to, to tell ourselves that um, that 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 basically it it doesn't help us to to think those things. Another thing is just smiling. So like, there's there's many different kinds of strategies that we know will make us happier. But I think the key is to like to kind of like practice happiness, like people may practice an instrument or people may go to the gym to work out their bodies. Like we should have like happiness workouts. Yeah, happiness workouts. I, I like that comparison of just like you build muscles when you exercise, you can, we can build our happiness muscles. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, um, just, i just trying to think if there's anything else I want to say here because we still got a little time. Um, 
but yeah, I think what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be focusing on how I feel and think about how do I, how do I feel at my level of happiness? How am I happy or sad? And I can think about what caused it, but I can try to see if there's anything I can do to increase the happiness. It's, it's an interesting experiment. It's something very new that I'm not very familiar with. Yeah, and you know, for you know, since happiness is really the goal of life, everything else we do is a means to happiness. You know, I think we can we can include this topic in in many more in, uh, in personal opinion episodes, and maybe invite Jamie to like join us, and we can talk about happiness not from the free will perspective, but from a, a general, an all encompassing per- perspective, because there's so much to cover, and it's so helpful to go through it. There certainly is, um, and I think it's definitely the most important thing, really, because, I mean, I think it's good to understand that free will is an illusion first before you start training happiness, um, but once, but since we've already understood that, it's good to get thinking about what makes us happy, and that really has to be the point of life, because if it's not, well, what is? So... <laughs> Yeah, okay, I guess this is a good place to end this episode. Um, you've been listening to Chandler Klebs and George Ortega talk about about happiness and, and how to maintain that feeling of happiness and exercising our happiness muscles and all that. So thank you for listening and goodbye.